Yesterday, Ibram X. Kendi tweeted this out. It was a link to an article on The Hill that we'll look at here in a moment. He then, shortly afterwards, deleted this tweet. Why? Well, let's take a look at what he said. More than a third of white students lied about their race on college applications, and about half of these applicants lied about being Native American. More than three-fourths of these students who lied about their race were accepted. So, why would he delete this tweet? What is it that was in this tweet that did not fit his typical race grifter dialogue? Let's take a look. More than a third of white students lie about their race on college applications, survey finds. October 21st to 2021. Story at a glance. A survey found that 34% of white students who applied to colleges falsely claimed they were a racial minority on their application. Most students, 48%, claimed to be Native American on their application. 77% of white applicants who lied about their race on their application were accepted to those colleges. A survey from Intelligent found that 34% of white students who applied to colleges and universities falsely claimed they were a racial minority on their application. The publication found that 81% of students who faked minority status did so to improve their chances of getting accepted. 50% of students who lied said they did it to get minority-focused financial aid. Most students, 48%, claimed to be Native American on their application. 13% falsely marked that they were Latino, while 10% falsely claimed to be Black. 9% of those surveyed lied that they were Asian or Pacific Islanders. For the most part, Intelligent found these white students tended to get away with their lies, about 3 in 4, or 77% of white applicants who faked minority status on their applications were accepted to those colleges. Quote, While other factors may have played a role in their acceptance, the majority of applicants who lied were accepted, 85%, believe that falsifying their racial minority status helped them secure admission to college, end quote. Intelligent wrote in their report. Among those willing to fake their minority status, 48% of white male applicants lied about their race, while 16% of white female applicants did so. Twice as many men as women claim Native American heritage on their applications, 54% compared to 24%. Meanwhile, one in four uh, tw women, 24%, claim to be Latino. Women are also more than twice as likely as men to pretend to be black, 18% to 8%. The publication surveyed 1,250 white Americans who had previously applied to college. The survey was conducted on July 13th. So why would Ibram X. Kendi not want this information shared? Well, the reason why is because if white privilege was a thing, as he says it is, and if white privilege is what gets all of these people into colleges, then why are people lying and saying that they're not white to get into college? He essentially debunked white privilege by sharing this article and, as a consequence, tried to delete it. And unfortunately for him, the internet doesn't forget. So this guy gets paid an awful lot to come and speak at places uh, specifically to spread his ideas of how to be an anti-racist. He wrote a best-selling book and um, at one point, and we'll go into this later, you know, he got paid, I think it was like $25,000 just to give a 45-minute Zoom call. He didn't even have to actually show up. He could just basically just, you know, uh, be broadcasted to a school and they paid him $20,000. Um, but anyway, um, he is asked to define racism here and breaks a very simple rule that you learn in like first grade in most schools about circular definitions. You can't 
mention the term you're trying to define in the definition for the term. Let's listen. All right, we're gonna open up the floor for questions. So please raise your hand. I see this gentleman here. You with the glasses? Yeah, you turn it around. <laughs> yeah, there's a, somebody bring your microphone. Thank you. That was excellent. And um, I'm wondering, I just finished reading Robin D'Angelo's White Fragility, and I think she did like an excellent job of defining racism as like a system of oppression as opposed to like a personal choice. It's like, it's there, you benefit from it, or you don't, that's its purpose. You talked about the importance of defining racism, but, I, but I, unless I missed it, which is possible, I didn't, I didn't hear your personal definition. Is there, is there one that you would offer us? Like, how do you define racism? Sure. So racism, I would define it um, as a collection uh, of racist policies that lead to racial inequity that are substantiated by racist ideas. <laughs> sure. A, a collection uh, of racist policies that lead to racial inequity that are substantiated by racist ideas. And anti-racism is a pretty simple using the same terms. Anti-racism is a collection of anti-racist policies leading to racial, anybody want to take a guess? Equity that are substantiated by anti-racist ideas. So this breaks just basic, like common understanding as far as like, you know, how you can define something. Let's take a look at that. So a circular definition is a definition that uses the term or terms being defined as a part of a definition or assumes a prior understanding of the term being defined. There are several kinds of circular definition and several ways of characterizing them or characterizing the term. Circular definitions may be unhelpful if the audience must either already know the meaning of the key term or if the term can be defined um, is used in the definition itself. Now, I suffered through that entire talk at one point, and I will probably do another video taking pieces of it later. But the idea is, is that, you know, it's kind of like when you discuss religion with somebody who's religious and then they quote, say, the Bible to you, but you're an atheist. So, you know, quoting the Bible to you doesn't mean anything because you don't necessarily believe in the, you know, in the material that they're using, you know. So, and I believe, again, I'm not saying that racism doesn't exist, but one of the big reasons why Ibram X. Kendi felt the need to delete his tweet about this topic is because his whole thing is suggesting that if there is a disparity, it must be systemic racism. If there's a disparity in any way, there must be racist policies that are creating that situation. So what kind of racist policies are, you know, creating that situation? Well, if for some reason people, particularly white males and white people in general, I guess, are you know, finding that it's difficult to get into college, but easier if you put on your application that you're a person of color, it would seem to me that according to Ibram X. Kendi, that must mean there's some racist policies, but not in the direction that he would like you to believe. That means there's racist policies that are making it harder for white people to get into college, which is the exact opposite of his grift, you know, and what he tells people. And that's why initially, when he thought he was disparaging white people for lying about their race, he was willing to share that article. But once that didn't work for the rest of his bullshit, he had to delete it. And he does, I, now I'm sure he doesn't want anybody to know 
you know, that that's the truth. The truth is more people of color are getting accepted to colleges by virtue of their race, which is a racist policy. So this article that I'll link in the description so you guys can check it out details um, how much money he made and how uh, after the death of George Floyd, suddenly he starts getting paid more. So again, as I've pointed out multiple times, there are people who are involved in this who have a vested interest in seeing to it that racial tensions can you know, continue because they're making money on it. You know, at this point, he's getting paid thousands and thousands of dollars just for talking. You know, he doesn't have to do any more work. He doesn't have to do any research. He doesn't have to do any of the things that a professor would normally do to make money. You know, he can literally just keep going around the country spreading his ideas. You know, and so as a result, that's why I feel it was necessary for him to retract and essentially protect the racial dialogue that he's been trying to portray, which is that if there is some form of disparity, that it is automatically evidence of racism. Now, one of the other elements to this is that it's very important to these people that it's made clear that white people can never in any way be subject to racism or racist policies. So being is how the truth is coming out and that the opposite is true, meaning that in fact, white people can and will, you know, be put at a state of disadvantage due to these policies, you know, it's necessary for him to cover it up, you know, and that's only going to continue. You can expect the same kind of behavior from people like Robin D'Angelo, and you can expect the same kind of behavior from people in Black Lives Matter who've become millionaires, and I'm still working on my show that I'm going to do about that. I'm doing all the research in regards to how the three founders of Black Lives Matter are all millionaires now. Um, but anyway, you know, please share this video, and in particular, um, that tweet, because he found it necessary to delete it because it goes against exactly what he's been saying this whole time. Thanks for listening. And consider supporting me on Patreon. You can check out my website and go to my various social media to be sure that you always get notifications when I'm putting out more stuff. Thanks.